uh, but anyway, like to talk about some other stuff. Um, have been enjoying uh, a few board games. There was uh, <gasps> tell me if people are familiar with the BGG, the Board Game Geek website. There was a, a gentleman who came to Portugal to retire two weeks ago, and he came to a few sessions with us. He has a lot of cool games and a lot of stuff I want to try out. And um, can I just live like? Is there is there a job where I can just play board games and yeah, review them? Just review them also that is but i have to do my job how do we monetize that seth when are we going to make t-shirts for for i I want a t-shirt with uh with gyrus come on gyrus i don't know i I think i do have no no no, not the gyrus not the gyrus i want you remember the one i want the one with the long strider oh calen you want that uh yeah 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 yeah. i could get i could get you that t-shirt no problem i can make it (laughs) we gotta we gotta we gotta 999 games always needs board game testers. So I'm gonna check that out. But uh, Netherlands, yeah, King is a he's a Dutch, he's a Netherese boy. But yeah, I was gonna say that there's like so many YouTube channels, which is a bunch of people playing and reviewing board games like from their basement, and they they make the like they have a certain level of production where like they get good lighting, good cameras, (laughs) and they they do good, good editing. And the part of their channel is always about introducing new board games. And then the other part of their channel is playing those board games with a group of friends. And you can do all of that whilst, but instead of being in your garage, you can like have um, a store, like a geek store, where you, you sell right. merch and you like, and I have one of these, these in Port, where basically the upper floor is you sell merch, you know, Magic the Gatherings, it's always the, mm. the main bread and butter. Then you have the Dungeons and Dragons and all that, uh, and then a bajillion other board games and a Warhammer 4K. And then on the on the bottom level, they have this huge room which is basically full of nerds playing all the time all their other board games and tournaments and all that shit. So a board game shop. I have yeah. been actually trying to figure something out. Well, I guess this is Portugal specific, but uh, what do you, what do you, what I don't know what the English word is. It's not pond. It's like when you know when the bank takes a house and then resells it. Re is it re. I forgot. Is it repurposing? No. Something no, like that. but I know what you mean. It's like um, a punyurab, but yeah, it's not pond. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the word. Anyway, I've been looking at the shop. It's like um, 30 square meters next to um, middle school. I thought, man, that would be a good place to have like a next, board game oh, shop. Oh, yeah, that is a good place. But I mean, 30 square meters is not that much. Um, and I don't know how much interest there is for board games. Dude, as a, King as just a said it. There, no, I think their board games are taking off. And even King said there's two board game shops in my area. So, and King says the only yeah. play sellers of Catan Monopoly. Oh, what uh, a King of Pain. We, I will never play board games with you. I, I, I you basic bitch. Both of those games. <laughs> I boycott both of those games. I will never play one of any of them. Yeah, but Unless I'm forced to. It's always fun when I speak with someone because I also have like this board ca- board game collection in my home. And when I introduce someone to my new to my domain, it's like, oh, do you like board games? And the person always answers, oh, yeah, I like Monopoly. Oh. Like, Dude, no, you don't know what a board game is. Come, let me show you the light. And then I hold her, I hold that person's hand, and I walk into into Narnia, into the Narnia of potentials and and, and love. Do you, do you have a, a a lot of board games? Do you have like a, have a, a shelf? I have a uh, yeah I do like I mean without counting chess and uh, chongke which is a Chinese equivalent I have one mm-hmm. two three four five six seven eight nine I have nine board games which is okay, a oh and also Magic the Gathering and shit oh yeah and okay. other card games so I, I probably have like uh, around like twelve or thirteen games that's pretty good I'm looking at my shelf right now I, I think that's pretty much what I have with one two three 
four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, about twelve as well. And I have like thirteen, fourteen that I want to get rid of because I don't like them. At least, uh, well, for, for for the group I have, I don't like them. Like there are some games I would like to to play more. I I really enjoy playing um, campaign games, but it's so difficult. Yeah, getting um, a group of people to do that is so fucking hard. And uh, that's part- Spain says uh, in his defense, he got D and D ruined by min-maxing Munchkins. Uh, the <laughs> thing is, I tried D and D three times. I never liked it. So you animals. I, but the thing is, I'm a visual person. I need something pretty to look at. Mm-hmm. Like, all this theater of mind bullshit, it's not for me, okay? <laughs> my imagination sucks. My imagination works best when I'm sleeping, and I'm like, oh, that's a nice dream. Mm-hmm. I wish I could just stream this to other people, you know? Like, oh, this is the dream I had. How do you like this, Seth? In, you <laughs> in your defense, I do have the opinion that uh, Dungeons & Dragons is doing a great job. Like, Dungeons & Dragons was super popular in the 80s. Then it kind of dwindled. And now it got a resurgence because of like mostly TV shows, and mm. I think during that resurgence, Dungeons and Dragons also had it was at the same time that uh, they released a very streamlined version of the rules. It was uh, the new edition, five five E edition, and that was okay. pretty. It's pretty, it's pretty simple, but at the same time, it's super vague. So what is happening right now is that now that more more and more people are getting into Dungeons and Dragons, they start to realize that. It, Okay, this really is that there are basically very very few rules and it's very about talking and you spend 4 hours just to go through a campaign where basically you're just you're doing the the first RPG mission of killing rats but instead of doing yeah. it in 10 minutes you're doing it in 4 hours. Uh yeah. and people are losing their luster over it just because yeah, it takes so long because there the rules are so vague. Mm. Yeah, well. I like I've been making the campaign and people who watch my streams know this that I I wanted to make a Dungeons and Dragons campaign where uh, DM as a DM as a DM because I, uh-huh. no one will I I'm the only DM that I know because I'd love to okay. to play it as an actual player but um I uh, I want to make this campaign which is it has the 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 mythos of a Dungeons and Dragons it has a lot of the same terminology but without all that fluff and and it's more strict in terms of rules and it's also it get does off with a lot of shit that is absolutely unnecessary so like for example in Dungeons and Dragons you have eight types like four types of coins so you have gold, platinum, silver, and copper. And they're all like, if you want to buy a sword, it's one gold, 30 silver, two copper. And you have to do this economy shit. It's so boring. No, I, I, I do without Just all that shit. Just make it a thousand copper or whatever. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you also like you have encumbrance rules in Dungeons and Dragons, where basically the, you, have to, heavy. you have to manage like eat the weight of each item. And you feel like, okay, that shouldn't be too bad. But at the same time, Dungeons & Dragons is one of those games where everything can be an item. You can pick up a pebble and it fucking counts for your encumbrance and all that shit is... Ooh, boy. God, fuck me. God damn it, son of a... I I just... I keep failing the same jump on my game. Sorry. (laughs) Okay, well, I guess it is kind of... It tries to be realistic, but... Sometimes it's too realistic. It's, I do like the I do like the gamey aspect of board games. Sometimes when you feel like, oh, you could do anything. I, I don't want to do anything. I don't want infinite possibilities. I want like a, I want a well structured game. Right, right. Yeah, I, I feel the same. It's like um, I enjoy. Uh, I mean, people play games for different reasons, right? They have different motivations. I found out that I enjoy the exploration part of games. So there are games like once I kind of i feel i figured it out i just don't enjoy it anymore probably that's why i like campaign games because campaign games like it's discovering a story and it, 
also TV shows like I I don't think there's ever a TV show that I watched again like from start to finish I was thinking like oh I should watch Arcane again but then I'm like nah it's okay maybe maybe someday uh, Arcane okay. yeah yeah Arcane but you don't rewatch TV shows that's what you said yeah, I, okay. so what I'm saying is like I like discovering stuff. So once I'm done with something, like a, I just move on. And that, that's for board games, and that's kind of for TV shows as well. Mm. Uh, like I don't really rewatch stuff. Uh, movies, I have rewatched movies though, which is strange. I have I rewatched movies? Maybe it's just too much investment in my mind. Yeah, I have no idea. it's about the about investment it. time exactly, and it also comes down to what King just said. It also it's also the zeitgeist of the moment. People get bored super fast nowadays, and I do think that is that is. Oh shit! Uh, that is part of the the problem is that the attention spam for for audiences is reduced to like thirty minutes to at maximum an hour, and some board games like when you say that a board game, not just Dungeons and Dragons, when a, most board games I think reach that one hour mark, if and oh, yeah. some people just don't have the patience for that. It's, it takes too long. Well, it depends uh, what's happening in the game, like. Uh... Well, uh, I mean, I don't know if people are not familiar with the game. It's different. There is a game called Dune. It's like for six players. And generally, games with a lot of people, it's uh, it's pretty slow. That was like what? We took like five hours to play that game. And there wasn't much happening, honestly. It's like you're you're pretty much sitting, waiting, waiting for people to do stuff. But in that game, I felt the waiting was kind of engaging because people were doing things. And I was, even though I wasn't interacting with it, I was kind of, uh, oh, okay, that's what's happening. And I was thinking ahead, now what will I do next? You know, okay, what, what does that mean for me? What should I do? But there are some games where you just, you, you literally just wait for your turn. You don't really yeah. need the other people. And so, and that's, I think it's a very difficult thing to balance. Like I have a game here that I really like, and I played it last Thursday. It's called Call to Adventure. It's pretty much a game like you collect some, some cards and you tell a story for a character. Uh, one reviewer, uh, which is, uh, what's his name? It's a Dice Tower Games, he's really famous. I forgot his name. Uh, he reviewed this game and he, he said, I think this is a great game if you need like a backstory for your character, like for Dungeons and Dragons. And you can play this game and then you have a backstory because that's what the game is. You, you collect a story. You have like the origin, you have your motivation and you have a destiny. Mm -hmm. And then you collect some cards that tell a story. And at the end of the game, my favorite part is, well, you win if you have the most points, mm -hmm. but you have a story to tell like, oh, I started as a farmer and then, uh, you know, uh, my village was attacked or whatever. So I think that's very interesting, very engaging. But in this game, if you play with four players, which is the max, it's it, so slow. You're yeah. just waiting for the other person and it changes so little. I mean, there is a change, but it is so little. It's like, okay, one option is removed for every player that plays before you because you have like five cards to choose from. Yeah. And then one player plays, one is removed, one is I was just waiting. It took two hours. It was, oh my God, just kill me yeah, now. Yeah, there's a lot of... Also, I assume that that game probably has a lot of text to read because yeah, yeah, it yeah, has a lot yeah, of history. Yeah. So just that, like, it's okay if, like, if a player... It's okay for players to, to have their turn, you know, to wait for your turn. But when you have to wait for your turn to get a card that you then need to read, that right. that consumes so much time. I do like games where you can think of your on your turn like in advance. So when it comes down to you, you already like have a, a right, 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 an idea of what you want to do. Uh, but yeah, that thing of when it reaches your turn, then you pick up a card and then you read it for the table, and everyone just sitting there. Oh, okay, that's nice. That's nice that that happened to you. I guess I. I'll have to imagine what I would do if I was in your situation, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it does get super boring. Yeah, it's the, and it's very hard to balance. I mean, some and I I prefer 
the more difficult games that take a bit longer. Like if it's three three hours, I think is like two three hours is is, is a good time. If it's a if it's a proper game that there's uh, stuff happening like changing throughout mm -hmm. the throughout the game. And uh, I played one game which is Spirit Island, which is very highly rated. Oh my god, that was a delight! It was so complex. It was kind of, I mean, you know, some people Spirit suffer, Island. Uh, Spirit Island. Yeah. Can you like quickly uh, describe the game? Um, so you're. Uh, you're a bunch of spirits, and makes um, sense. Are you in, and you're yep. on an island, I suppose. So no, there is an island that there are people, the local people, and there are other, I guess. That well, game is already is... contradictory. So you, you're a spirit, but you're not on an island, right. but the island has people. Then it should be called People wait. Island, I suppose. Wait, wait, so you didn't let me finish. So, <laughs> as a, so the, there is an island, and it's invaded by like other people invading the local people, right? And you, mm -hmm. as a spirit, you help the people defend themselves against the invaders. So your goal is to, uh, I forgot exactly how, what it's called in the game, but like you want to terrorize or something or scare the people. You want to get rid of the invaders, pretty much. And mm -hmm. there are different mm -hmm. ways to do it. You Brexit, uh, uh, Brexit game. Okay. <laughs> Brexit yeah. the game. Uh, okay, gotcha. It's funny, you, it's funny you mentioned that because, I mean, there is, um, uh, and I like the theme of it, is you have different peoples, that, and English is one of them, I think. Like <laughs> you can have the English invade the, the, the you know, the indigenous people mm -hmm. and anyway like throughout the game you <clears throat> you sometimes defend the people uh spirits not on an island but there are people on the island the board game okay king of pain yeah good description maybe i suck at describing the game but anyway i'll try <laughs> uh, so so like you sometimes you defend the people sometimes you scare the invaders you get rid of them you kill them you know all this stuff but it's a very complex game there's a lot of things happening and it's a full cooperative game oh nice so that's also are... a thing that i really enjoy i, I got tired of games that, are, that pits you against other people i like cooperative more mm -hmm. but in this game like i think it would be very difficult if you try to co-op to uh, like speak about everything plan everything if, if people know like the pandemic like it would be better if you plan everything and then do your actions in this game you kind of do your thing you can arrange sometimes a few things but uh, it's just there's so many options and it, it's there is unpredictability you know where the people are going to come where, uh, where they're going to invade you have some some in advance you have some knowledge so you can plan ahead a little bit and it's such a delightful game there is there is such a big complexity and the, but the base rules are i wouldn't say they're easy but they're fairly simple mm -hmm. and so i yeah. think that makes for a very good game even though people and people take their turns pretty much simultaneously you can choose in which order you do things yeah games that uh, have a very well thought out learning curve is amazing like easy to grasp but hard to to master oh that is the mwah. it's so hard to to achieve that perfect balance but when you do those are really good games man what, what about your board game aren't you making one king of pain wants to try it <laughs> yeah but then i, I become a I, be, I became a streamer after that or, right i forgot about that story right that the backstory <laughs> And also, like, I'm using the concepts of the... I, like, you were right, I was making a board game, which was Dungeons & Dragons inspired. It's like I said, I wanted to make, I wanted to make Dungeons & Dragons fun again. <laughs> so it was the Dungeons & Dragons thing, but uh, simplified and streamlined so they could be uh, played faster and more board game-esque and less role-play-y. There's still a certain okay. level of role-play, but uh, it's more... It, it, gives, it gives the player more, uh, more strict... It gives the player boundaries, basically. Because part of the right. reason why people sometimes are even afraid of playing Dungeons & Dragons is because as a gamer, you're used to playing games with invisible walls. You know the boundaries of the map. You know the rules of the game. So it makes it easier for you to like, to play inside your sandbox. 
Dungeons & Dragons makes an effort to say there is no sandbox. The, the, the limit is only your imagination. And I want to undo that and, and put up the walls back again. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yeah. And yeah, you, wanted a, you want a guided experience, right? So the game is an experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what, since I started streaming, I kind of put that on Aguas de Bacalhau, as we say in Portuguese, which is to, which is to say I, 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 I froze it. I, I placed it on a little box for later. But uh, since I've been streaming, I have been talking about Dungeons & Dragons quite often, and a, a group of people, Martin included, well, our friend, uh, wanted to for me to play Dungeons & Dragons. So I was like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to make a campaign that is Dungeons & Dragons-esque, but with my uh, homebrew rules, and see how it goes. Right, right. So I've been working on that, and next week I'm probably going to I'm gonna play with them. Oh, so you're going to do... Is it like an app or something that you use for... <laughs> I'm going to uh, use Google uh, Sheets. <laughs> no, because I know for D&D there is a... I don't know if that would be useful for you. There is some... I know, I know, I know, I know. But those okay. softwares... Oh, they're, I g those software suffer from the same thing Dungeons and Dragons suffers from, which is the limitless potential. You can do whatever you want, dude. I don't want whatever I want. I want, I want to do something fucking that I can pick up, and in ten minutes I have a map that I can use. And I was like, okay, right. so let's like, take a look at our library, and then it has like fifty pages. I have the fucking library of Alexandria over there of content. Look, we have a knoll. We have a knoll with an eye patch. We have a knoll with a tragic backstory. Uh, does it visu visually look different? No, but it but it feels haunted. Fuck off! I just I just want a fucking monster that I can hit. <laughs> yeah, you you can use the what is it? Isn't like in vogue right now to have AI do stuff for you, <laughs> make illustrations for you, and I don't know how that works, but it's like everyone's talking about that stuff. Yeah, actually, you know, I look, I, AI won this contest for people, but it was an AI. Dude, it looked that. awesome. Did you see that? Did you see I, the, the the art they made? But it was kind of uh, a little bit abstract. I don't know if we're talking about this. No, thing. no, it is. It, it was abstract, but that was that was high art. That was high concept art in its finest. If I looked at that, I was like, oh, that, that is amazing. And apparently, other people did as well because it won. But let me just uh, find it again. AI art win contest for the viewers out there. But it's, oh, it is. Do you remember? Do you remember when we were um, like talking? We should uh, host a, an art contest and yeah. then we judge it uh, in real time. We could just uh, and then we reward the people who win the contest. We can just have uh, sabotage our own contest by putting AI art inside. <laughs> like, oh, this is actually the best. Look at the that. AI won. But okay, this is this is the piece that won, and it's absolutely okay, stunning. Wait, wait. Now, if you look at the details, it is a bit like from afar. The the piece oh, yeah, looks awesome. Yeah. But if you look at the it details does. up close, especially like look at around this this central figure, the central figure has a humanoid shape, but it doesn't really like you can't really tell the definition awkward. of the arms. You can't really tell yeah, the yeah. position of the body. You can't tell if she's looking at you or away from you. I assume that she's looking away from you because it seems like the hair is like it, it cascades backwards. But uh, it, and the the back the background detail around her is just this like rock texture that is meant to represent like buildings or something. It's all su super vague. But it has this and has this illusion appeal of this uh, the hints of Rembrandt van Riegen art style of painting. Yeah, it has very dark, very very cathedral esque, very uh, with strong shadows and a lot of draping and all that shit. Uh, it looks like something taken out of the 15th century, but with the concept style of the of and sensibilities of modern art. It looks beautiful. And and then it's. 
it has like some features that I really like, which is very kind of wide angly. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I really like, I have a painting here in the house, which is like some cheap stuff, you know, like mm -hmm. mass produced stuff. But it has like, it's a painting of like a street in Venice or something. Mm -hmm. But what I really like is there's like a small street and you only see see what's uh, at the end of the street partially so it makes you like curious it, it almost makes me want to turn my head and try to peek and this has the same thing like in the uh, the circle thing is like oh that's uh, it's only showing showing something partially what's there i wonder can i can i can i look closer can i can i turn the the picture a little bit yeah. uh, so i really like those aspects king is saying that it reminds him of a stargate or a portal yeah it does but now for example looking through that portal in the central image what is on the other side? I think it gives the illusion of a city, but because the AI can't really draw or can't really imagine like specifics, so it just kind of fills out with approximations. So I, it could be just a mountainscape, it could be a city, it could be a, I don't, it feels like it's a mountain city. It can be just a whole other, I don't even know because the texture That's why it's so good because people can put their own interpretation to yeah. it, right? And if you if you kind of ignore what's in the middle, it actually looks like it's it's a moon or something. Like mm -hmm. it's it's just a moon with a with a scampy surface or whatever. Now uh, people are saying that oh this shouldn't win the art contest. It was a gimmick because uh, yeah this just stole art because that this that's how this these programs work by by the way they don't actually create anything. They take from a huge library of millions of art pieces and they get approximations of what is beautiful what is uh, like high rated by community and they kind of miss mish and mash they they see styles and they mash them together so what we're looking here is a copy paste of probably thousands of art pieces or which the robot probably, yeah. which the robot did i assume in like 3 minutes of a render and <laughs> from what i understood uh, the the person that created this program because it was a person that created the program and he like the the part of the reason why I'm okay with this winning the contest is because the person had to create this the person spent a week creating the program so that the program could create art in 10 minutes so at the end I was like you know what it pretty much comes down to the same thing if you take a week making your painting or if you take a week making your program that makes paintings you know what it's the same thing to me uh, yeah. And this I don't know if I have an opinion on whether it should win or not. I like if it was in our contest, like let's say we did the contest. Ah, it's, a, it's, it's valid. Win. It's valid because oh. it, the the work to me what defines art is the the work a person put into it. How good the person like anything can be art, but anything can be bad art. Most people are amateurs. What defines mm -hmm. art to me is when you you see someone good doing something he's good at. Like a football player being the top of the the top elite tier, watching that football player play is art to me, in my in my opinion. And for example, seeing a guy program a robot that can do this, that to me is that guy is good. He did that shit in under a week and he made this as a result. Well done. He deserves a prize. Now you can claim that this is he should win a programming prize and not an art prize. <laughs> Fair enough. But because he thought in such an out-of-the-box way, I'd be tempted to say he deserves the win. He deserves the win. I know it's an asterisk at the end of the prize, but he deserves it. Uh, also, like I had a conversation with my friend exactly about this, so it's funny that you brought it up. That it is... It is a... How, because I'm a, a designer and I'm, on, I'm an illustrator. And he said, how do you feel about art, uh, robots being able to create art so effortlessly? Like, this robot could take my job, potentially. Or a version of this robot could take my job. Where a person just walks up to me and says that they want Donald Trump riding a pony on the way to Valhalla. 
and and I go like, oh fuck shit, okay, so I have to study, I have to study the anatomy of ponies, I have to study the anatomy of Donald Trump, and you know that's gonna take at least a month. Uh, mm. shit, okay, and then I have to research Valhalla, oh boy, okay, and then if you write that shit down on a fucking, uh, what was it called, the Wally? I don't even remember the name of the program, uh, the... If you write that shit down on a, one of these images, you just creating, literally type the words in, right? And then yeah, it searches done. stuff, it, and then it's fun. It's done immediately. And, so, and the guy asked me, "How do I feel about the the potential of losing my job or or having this level of competition in my job?" And I said, "To be honest, I'm not really that concerned because I think that these works are not high quality enough to be used in." in high tier works like these sort of con these sort of concepts that you see here will only take away the jobs that that low paying artists get like that that pay that pay you poorly basically what right. i'm saying is imagine that you you're making a concept for a tv show and you need to make three four five panels so that the cinematographer or the director can feel like i like the style of this i like the colors of this and i like the the, the image of that do it again like instead of spending so much time making like uh, like um they have a word for it thumbnails for so that the art so that the art director can have an, an, an idea of what he wants to make it's easier just for the director to go to one of these programs and said i want something sci-fi sci-fi with blue Give me something sci-fi with a with predominant color blue, and then the program gives him like ten samples, and he's like, "Oh, I like this one." Like these sort of like quick on the on over the knee uh, sketches. This program, this robot will be really good. Conversely, if you are like a a, a young band of uh, like so an upstart punk rock band, and but none of you guys are particularly good at logos or particularly good at making cover art, go to this go to this website and test and write. Uh, horse on fire fighting demon and the program gives you like 30 images and you just choose one and it's fine like you're this this program only takes jobs that that, that I think illustrators and designers don't want to do <laughs> of course yeah, I'm generally generally speak I mean when I was younger I was like oh robots are taking jobs away like when you watch that movie what is it I robot or whatever yeah. and, and I thought oh I guess that makes sense but now that I have my own opinion and like I think it's retarded. That that argument to me makes no sense. I think generally speaking, automation is good, and I think yeah. it is naive of people thinking that they can live their whole life and just do only one job and expect to only do that one job and the world not to change and for them not to have to adapt. And uh, but, but the, you actually touched on a point. I'm sorry to interrupt. That I, I explained myself poorly, and you said the word automation, and my brain just clicked. Which is yeah, this robot thing fixes automation in design because it is needed you do need there's a huge demand for art but not enough uh n there's not enough money to pay the artists for the amount of, of bullshit art that people want to make so they use a lot of that oh if you represent me i'll pay you an exposure sort of bullshit uh right and also like that kind of art is probably not very interesting to do like uh, i don't know exactly uh, it's not i don't know sketching like for big on because someone has a whim like oh i need a uh, same thing but uh, please make it uh, blue with the triangles instead of squares yeah. i don't know some bullshit like that it's, it's not engaging right it's not creative you're not engaged in a creative process you're just you're just grinding and, and for and for example this the the contest the the robot that won the contest that art is beautiful but i do not think it survives under scruple like in the future now it is new like now everyone's talking about it. the robot won and wow that art is beautiful 
But now that you kind of got the sense of it, I doubt that another robot will win an art contest in anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Because I think that the the art style of a robot is very specific. Even if you go to Dolly, which is the thing I was trying to remember earlier, the, the name of the program, like all the art that it makes or all the images that it creates, it has a very, very particular feel. I think it will create a new a new art school which is the electronic art or the digital art the um, like okay. robotic art i think that will be a, a whole movement based entirely on that but i i do not think that like companies that because identity and brand are things that need to be studied so a company when they want art they want art that appeals to their uh to their brand to their colors to their to their image so it, it, it has to be something very very calculated and, and made with a lot of detail and minutiae and i don't think these ai bots do that just yet and i don't actually think they'll ever do it because like i said what they do is they 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 see thousands of pieces of art and they pick up details on all of them and they kind of make this uh, average of what is beautiful and because right. it, it an imit- that is technically imitation of art, that is the re- replication of art. And there is this theory in uh, art theory that each time you replicate something, each time you imitate, art loses a little bit of value. So it will reach a, a breaking point where imitation of after imitation after imitation, and this robot art will just will lose its value, will lose its its time under the sun. Right now it's new and fresh and wow, exciting, but I do not think it will live long. These could be my famous last words before I'm unemployed, by the way, but I do think it won't last long. No, you you heard it here first, folks. Uh, new movement, uh, robotic art, and then it oh, will for sure it will become... be a, it will be a new art movement. That for sure. But then it will be it will become deprecated because then uh, AI will start imitating AI instead of imitating people, and then it's gonna. What does that mean? Like mm-hmm. it's just AI regurgitating AI art, like right? It's gonna mm-hmm. use art like this, the one that won the contest, to make new stuff, and then maybe by accident it becomes normal again. Who knows? I don't know how yeah. it's gonna look. Like. For example, King of Pain has said a few points here, so I'm gonna bring him up. I uh, said there's not enough creative juice to keep up with the demand. So he's talking about these AI bots. Uh, there's not enough creative juice in the AI bots to keep up with the demand. Uh, and most artists are perfectionists too. So when they when they make a piece, like for example, using that that uh, piece that won the contest, there was a, a lot of lacking detail there that an artist would just sink in and add more, add more, add more. Not just painting wise, but add more uh, meaning to it. Like when an artist draws, like for example, imagine that there's this, that huge scenery right there. When an artist draws like a bowl of dead fruit in a corner, that bowl of dead fruit has a meaning. Mm. The AI cannot input, cannot put input meaning into an art piece. It can only put what it considers beautiful. Artists, however, do any, everything like on purpose. Like the the story of the Da Vinci, um, was it Da Vinci? Oh, I don't. I, I might be confusing the artist right now because I'm I'm streaming live and my brain turns into mush. But the dude that okay. did the Sistine Chapel on his back, painting the roof of with the the man touching God, and supposedly there's this theory that behind God, the shape that God is in rep- looks like a brain, a human brain, and that is the symbology of, that it was Da Vinci's way. I'm not sure if it was Da Vinci or not, but I think it was. I think it was Da Vinci. Yeah. Yeah, but it was a way of so. Da Vinci saying that there is no God. There is there is only the the brain that created God, and all that symbology uh, that he infused into the art piece, like uh, subconsciously or discreetly, a robot cannot imitate. That is why artists, you're fine. Trust me, you'll be fine. No robot can can create those pieces just yet. 
Of course, there will always be people that will input meaning into things that are basic. Like if you have a, a blank screen and then you put a red dot in the middle and you say, this represents the, the death of virtue. And like, okay, shut the fuck up. You just put a red dot in the middle of a white screen. That, that means nothing. You just, we're lazy to paint the rest. But uh, for the most part, I don't think robot, robots will do what King is saying, that they will take the low demand jobs, the the factory work, the, the things that are basically to be mass produced. And there is a, a need for that. There's not enough artists to do that sort of work. And thank God that they created a, an artist that can, that can uh, increase the level of imagery around the world. Because if you think about it, how many times have you seen a presentation that looks like it was, it, it looks absolute shit because you just know that it was the cousin of someone who made that for the, for the, for him as a, as a free right. work. Right now, those cousins, Congratulations, you no longer need to do those shitty works. There's robots that will do it for you. That's perfect. That's that's where I want the world to be in. Yeah, I think that's a good thing generally. Like backtracking a bit, uh, what I was th saying about the automation aspect and people like, you know, having to adapt and uh, do more creative stuff. Because I don't know, like how fun is it for for you to be, I don't know, like being a bread cutter. Maybe your job is to cut <laughs> bread or, or slice bread, not, not cutter, uh, bread slicer. Like, I don't know, the other day I went to buy bread and there is an automatic slicing machine. Like, do you want to do that job? Like, do people actually want to do that? Isn't that boring? You're a cook, but okay. okay I have to ask is a cook. Like, you don't want to, you don't want to slice bread all day. You don't want that to be your job. You might slice bread like from time to time, but if you have a machine, use a machine. Why would you hire a person for that? I have like, to ask you, did you actually find a, a machine that slices bread? Yeah, in Lidl. Yeah, yesterday. I got, it's, it's, it's a, yeah. Just put the bread oh, in the machine and okay. press it for you. Yeah, it's it's like a saw machine, right? Because it's a big piece yeah, of yeah. bread. Okay, okay. For some reason, I was thinking like cutting a croissant open and you needed a machine to do that. It's like, okay, come on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> come I, on, use, a, that, use some effort. Yeah, what is it? Is it, that, what is it? is it bagels or scones that you need to open it with a fork? Yeah, I have a fork uh, machine that opens stuff with a fork. It does it the proper way. No amateurs here. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, King was saying there's proper bread slicing machines. They're common. Okay, okay. Uh, for some reason, yeah. my brain was like, what, to, to cut open a slice of fucking uh, white bread? Like to yeah, but I mean, it, maybe it wasn't a good example. No, no, it is. It is. My brain is just stupid. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there's a lot of work that is just repetitive, right? And why do you want to do that? Like people, like oh, I'm going to lose my job. Yeah, but it should be doing something more interesting, more engaging, more creative. Um, exactly. I mean, unfortunately, the way the way the world is set up, it's like very much uh, look cool. well. People are cheap, cheap labor. Um, well, I guess uh, we'll just get a cheap machine that do, do the same thing, but. Honestly, people should be do like should be doing more interesting stuff rather than just. Uh, is it that is that the Ford? Uh, the Ford it was the guy who invented this stuff. Like once the industrial revolution began, and they're like, okay, we have we have an assembly line, and then you just put the blue pip, and then you put the stick in, and then you glue them together, and like that's that's your your job all day. Like that's does that want to make you live? Like that's that's horrible. It's a horrible job. For sure. Like, would want to do that. No, but the thing is, we're thinking about as specialists. We like to think that. Uh, so, so what if we lose a hundred thousand jobs? Uh, the, the, the automation is better, and yeah, it is. But the thing is, some people that work in those factories they need it because they're not qualified to do anything else. And now you're saying, yeah, but they should then get like um, they should educate themselves to do some other job, like the new job. But that thing is hard, man. Like uh, getting, 
like because most of the people that do those jobs are like 60 or like close to 60 or close to 50 and telling telling them a new mechanic and how to and how to uh, make their money how to make cash that's that's cruel for them basically you spend 50 years of your life cutting bread and suddenly there's a machine that doesn't like fuck now i'm i'm a 60 year old man and i need to cut i need to find some other routes to make money and that is i, uh, I, I sympathize I with go, that i would go a little beyond that i think we just have to rethink how our society is organized in order to you know um uh accommodate that i suppose and uh, like the way the governments work well but i don't know anything about politics like nah. honestly i think uh, uh, but uh, some things like I wish there was more education in certain aspects so people uh, like it's kind of sad that people are like well I guess, what job are you looking for and people just look at how much the job pays they don't care what they do because all jobs are pretty much boring they're yeah. all the same kinds of boring they're very few same jobs kind of administrative boring yeah there are not many people who do a job that they enjoy or the job they're doing is like they're stuck there because that's what they've been doing that's what they know how to do they're good at it but most of the time it's just repetitive bullshit like it's not very engaging i think yeah i, I do have a and we also discussed this on uh on the past podcasts about education being completely outdated at least it was when i was yeah. in school like i have I, streaming has got me in touch with the children uh i should probably have phrased that better but um i have i'm in touch with the youths <laughs> <laughs> And it does seem like there is this uh, awareness that coding and programming is important now. It's, it's a new language that you should probably learn alongside like Portuguese or English or whatever. Because more often than not, like you're not going to be needing uh, to, you don't need geometry and history as much as you need maths and programming. So, and I always defended that you need to learn how to make apps. Even if you're not a, like a, a multimedia, even if you are like a bread maker or whatever, knowing how to program might mean that you know how to make a machine that can cut breads automatically or something. Like right. using compu computers and everything is so ingrained now into society that if you want to be useful to society, the best and easiest thing you can do, and I say easy with in, in, uh, in, in uh, quotation marks, is learn programming. Because that well, shit the easiest can, path, right? The, the most uh, the easiest path, you mean? Yeah, oh, the, the the least the 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 highest risk reward for to say is like if you learn programming, it means that you are equipping yourself with a very 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 powerful tool that can be used in any situation if you're creative and uh, innovative enough, enough to like. You can apply it on anything to to programming apps, to programming uh, bread slicers, machinery to automize work so that you don't need to pay for a clerk imagine that you have a store and you don't want to pay for a clerk to take the orders from your clients just have a admittedly it will be a high cost maintenance at the start at the beginning of the project at the beginning of the of the business but imagine that you have a robot that a person just goes up and clicks uh, what they want and the order goes to the chef and the chef just cooks done hmm. what do you think about that king of pain anything like that in your line of work uh, I mean, he is a chef, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we can uh, go to your restaurant, click a button, and then the order goes directly to you. No need for a waiter. We just come to the kitchen and uh, take the food. Thank you, thank you, Mr. Mr. Payne. Thank you very much. Um, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll give I you mean, that's, that's what McDonald's does. Like, they have these servers outside of the main counter so that you can just click what you want and the order goes directly into the store. 
but that is an example you can actually just develop an app and people go to your app to ask for food or like a lot of uh, a lot of stores use google uh, uber eats and all that sort of shit but uber eats obviously takes a cut of the of the profit because they use the um, use they use their own delivery service but to be honest learning programming gives any any entrepreneur any any business more options for revenue it is just a useful language to have and it should be as as common as you learning portuguese english and and co programming and coding and then king says i'm going to say something very controversial humans are basically biological machines and like machines have a more complex versions with more features and some budget models with less features that we always diversify of jobs so basically he's saying that uh human there are jobs for there's different types of models of humans and you can just look at a human and say this is a high quality human or this is a low quality no, human therefore is, is, he'll be the generator no, human this is the model yeah that uh, does a repetitive task and this is the model that is more creative yeah the sure. deluxe the deluxe human the premium human well, well it doesn't have to be deluxe the premium it's just div su better suited or more interested in different tasks right mm. because not everyone maybe you you could be very good at uh, i don't know selling houses but maybe you hate selling houses like a both things have to align, right? You have to want to do it, you have to enjoy to do it, but also you have to be kind of good at it. I mean, you can always improve to a certain degree, but if you have no desire to, like, you can only go so far, right? Because you won't make the extra effort. 